Hello, hello. We welcome you today to Love is Spoken Queer, Gospel Topics, LGBTQ Voices. I'm Dustin Larson. And I'm Renee Hernandez. And welcome to the bonus. So this time around, we're going to talk about the early converts. So if we just want to get right into it, do you want to go first, first paragraph, or do you want me to go first? I can start first. Sounds good. All right. Our first individual is Abigail Calkins Leonard. When Abigail Calkins Leonard was in her mid-30s, she felt desire to be forgiven of her sins. She occasionally read the Bible and people from Christian churches visited her home, but she was confused about what differentiated one church from another. One morning, she said, I took my Bible and went to the woods. When I fell upon my knees, she prayed fervently to the Lord. Immediately a vision passed before my eyes, she said, and the different sects passed one after another by me, and a voice called to me saying, these are built up for gain. Then beyond, I could see a great light and a voice from above called out. I shall raise up a people whom I shall delight to own and bless. A short while later, Abigail heard about the Book of Mormon. Even though she didn't yet have a copy, she sought to know the truth of this book by the gift and power of the Holy Ghost, and she immediately felt its presence. When she finally was able to read the Book of Mormon, she was ready to receive it. She and her husband, Lyman, were baptized in 1831. So what thoughts immediately come to mind after reading that? Okay, you have to give me a second to like, you know, marinate. (laughs) Okay. Obviously, being a convert to myself, I really do love convert stories. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love all testimony stories. Convert stories are unique because one thing I've always loved is the Lord really is preparing us in our very way, like individual ways. And when you get the chance to join church, you're able to like better see all the different ways that he moved you on this earth and introduce individuals in your life that became the pieces to introduce you something as beautiful as his church. And here is Abigail. She was inquisitive. She wanted to know. And at the time, there wasn't the truth she needed, but she still sought out the way she was taught. Like the church didn't have to be here on this earth for the Lord to give promptings and impressions on people. And well, I mean, I guess at this point kind of was, but the Lord guided her. And eventually she was able to find the truth that she was looking for. And she was baptized, which is awesome. So those are my thoughts. How about you, Dustin? The first thing that came to my mind was all the queer converts out there where like this individual, they're looking like Abigail, they're looking for that final piece to their puzzle. They feel like something's missing. They've been asking for it. And then they come across the church and they find everything that they could possibly want, that missing puzzle piece. But then that conversation of, I believe it's like the law of chastity or something like that, whatever discussion that is in the the missionary discussions. And that almost is like a punch to the gut for them. I've seen it multiple times where I've been asked on to the missionary discussions to kind of talk about this topic with queer individuals that are investigating the church. And I always kind of have to talk them off the cliff of completely abandoning the church, but then also let them know that it's not going to be the easiest of roads, but it's navigatable, like, especially if I'm there to kind of offer some advice. And so that's the first thing that popped into my mind is my heart goes out to all those queer converts just looking for that missing puzzle piece and being dismayed when they hear some of the the current policies of the church. But I also want to let them know that that shouldn't be the one factor that turns you away because they can be worked out and it can be navigated if you truly are seeking to find solace in this church. And it's going to be tough. But like I said, if you need help or anything like that, reach out to someone who's gone down that path and they can kind of guide you a little bit until you can find your footing. On to the next convert, Thomas B. Marsh. When Thomas B. Marsh was a young adult, he studied the Bible and joined a Christian church, but he was unsatisfied, finally withdrawing from all churches. I had a measure of the spirit of prophecy, he said, and told a religious leader that I expected a new church would arise 
which would have the truth in its purity. Not long after this, Thomas had a spiritual prompting to leave his home in Boston, Massachusetts, and travel west. After spending three months in western New York without finding what he was looking for, he started for home. On the way, a woman asked Thomas if he had heard about the golden book found by a youth named Joseph Smith. Captivated by the thought, Thomas immediately traveled to Palmyra and met Martin Harris at the printing shop, just as the first 16 pages of the Book of Mormon were coming off the press. Thomas was allowed to take a copy of those 16 pages, and he brought them home to his wife, Elizabeth. She was well pleased with the book, he recalled, believing it to be the work of God. Thomas and Elizabeth later moved to New York with their children and were baptized. The first thing that popped into my mind was a continuation of what I was thinking before, where if you're like Abigail and you're searching for this thing as a queer convert and you finally find it, act like the next convert, which was Thomas B. Marsh, and don't fully abandon that want to find full spirituality in your life because he continued following that prompt of searching for this thing he was looking for and it led him exactly to where he needed to go. So that was the thing that came to my mind too, is be like Abigail and thoughtfully pray for things that you're wanting to find or the things that you're missing. And then when it's brought to you and it seems like there's roadblocks in your way, continue striving to fulfill finding what you're looking for and listening to the promptings because God will guide you to what you need to do in order to fulfill that. Even if it's a bunch of hoops you have to jump through in order to become a member, it'll be all worth it in the end. I think that I respect Thomas a lot in that he basically was ready to abandon things, but he received a prompting and he decided to, you know what, it's like, let's do it. And then he was about to give up again. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I love that it is always a journey. If I've learned anything from meeting you is that whenever you talk about your Jimmy journey, like it is a journey (laughs) and it's a unique one. And listening to the promptings that you receive are important because they can guide you in unexpected ways like and hit in this in thomas's case he heard about a kid with the golden plates you know what i mean it's like let's go check it out holy macaroon this is the book of mormon my life is completely changed let's move Boom. so that's wild to me so moving on we have parley and thankful pratt like thomas march parley and thankful pratt responded to spiritual stirrings to leave the prosperous farm in ohio with the intent to preach the gospel as they understood it from the Bible. As Parley told his brother, the spirit of these things had wrought so powerfully on my mind of late that I could not rest. When they reached eastern New York, Parley had a prompting to stay a while in the area. Thankful, they decided, would continue on without him. I have work to do in this region of country, Parley told her, and what it is or how long it will take to perform it, I know not, but I will come when it is performed. It was there that Parley first heard of the Book of Mormon. I felt a strange interest in the book, he said. He requested a copy and read through the night. By morning, he knew the book was true, valuing it more than all the riches of the world. Within a few days, Parley was baptized. He then returned to Thankful, who was also baptized. Aw, that's such a tender story. One of the things that I kind of jump in my head real fast is the fact like he was there with his wife, then the journey was kind of like they were together and then he kind of continued on his own. And it's something that I've been trying to learn for myself recently is how our journeys, though, when we pair up, right, it's a journey you do together, but you do still have individuality, independence among yourself and your goals. As core individuals, I think that's so important considering we are made up of such unique experiences. But at the same time, the blessings are still there to be received together. And so I kind of really love that. Well, and also the power of the Book of Mormon to convert someone just by, you know, reading it and asking. But Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Those are mine. Again, it's talking about prompting. So I'm going to read this last section first to summarize my thoughts, because I'm thinking we're going on a theme. It's all about prompting, following your promptings, and it'll lead to 
where you need to go. So I'm going to read this last bit before I give my final thoughts on, on all of them. So Sidney and Phoebe Rigdon. On his way from New York to a mission in Missouri, Parley Pratt and his fellow laborers stopped and mentor Ohio at the home of Sidney and Phoebe Rigdon, old friends Parley knew from his days in Ohio. Sidney was a Christian minister and Parley was once a member of his congregation and considered him a spiritual mentor. Parley eagerly told his friends about the Book of Mormon and the restoration of Jesus Christ's gospel. Sidney himself had been searching for a restoration of the true church that he found described in the New Testament, though he was skeptical about the Book of Mormon at first. But I will read your book, he told his friend Parley, and will endeavor to ascertain whether it be a revelation from God or not. After two weeks of study and prayer, both he and Phoebe were convinced the book was true. But Sidney also knew that joining the church would be a major sacrifice for his family. He would obviously lose his job as a minister, along with his social status in the community. As he and Phoebe discussed this possibility, Phoebe declared, I have counted the cost and it is my desire to do the will of God come life or come death. So yeah, so now here's all my thoughts together. Acting upon the promptings that you have, whether it could cost you more worldly than you expected. And this kind of reminds me of when the missionaries visited me to kind of reactivate me and the prompting that I had when I heard the buzz of the door. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I live by myself in a studio apartment and my buzzer is always the first buzzer that the delivery people find because it's not marked and it's like right in the center. And so if no one's answering the rest of the building, they always go for me. So I'm used to ignoring those buzzers. But on this one day, there was a buzzer and I was like, you know what? I'm about to take a nap. I'll just let it be. And then the buzzer buzzed again and I was about to ignore it again, but I had this prompting to answer it. So I did. And it was the elders and they asked if, Dustin lived there. I said, yes. And if I had a moment to talk and I said, yes, so I let them up and they were just so warm and welcoming to me. They didn't right out the gate, ask me to come back to church. They got to know me. They got to know my interests. They found out we had common interests and that really led them down a road to really fellowshipping me and ministering to me in the way that I needed to. And I knew that it was time for me to come back to church because I had followed the prompting that I knew came from God and the elders had followed those promptings as well. So what I get from this whole chapter or this whole section on early converts was you should really listen to the promptings of the spirit because they're God telling you that his timing is now aligning with your timing. Even if you don't think so, even if you're afraid of losing everything you have to follow this new life or to regain this thing that you'd walked away from back in your life, it's all part of his timing. And if you react on those promptings, only blessings will be in store for you, even if they're not apparent at the very beginning. Oh, I really like that, Dustin. For me, it was kind of like the first part you mentioned about sacrifice, you know, was the biggest thing that kind of stood out, how they as a partnership had to weigh out what it meant. One thing that was starting to happen when me, when, and I'm, I'm, I, I guess I bring up Tommy way more often than I maybe should since we're broken up, broken up, but like they're the experiences that I have, right? So might as well share them. But there was this part where we, we had discussions about what us being together meant as members in the church. And the things that it meant we would be sacrificing and where our hearts and feelings stood in regards to that. We didn't always have answers. Like we never had a solidified 100% this is what we're doing. It was figuring it out and navigating it. And I think in the end, we didn't we didn't have all the answers. But it made me realize when we do continue to be in relationships, you do make decisions together. And certain sacrifices were made. For Sydney and Phoebe uh, Rigdon, their lives are about to completely change. And I hope that as members, um, queer members, when we choose to marry some of the same gender, uh, same sex, you know, uh, whatever, there are things that it means we are sacrificing, sadly. 
But at the same time, there's a lot of incredible things that come with it. So it's that idea of weighing it all together to deciding if where, where you stand on things. And I think there's no wrong answer. I think it's unique to everybody. And it's just, I mean, if, if they're allies listening, it's our job to really just respect and honor those choices because they didn't come easy. They were a struggle. And trust me, I'm sure, like just knowing from my own experience, the journey is not decided in a minute. It is, it's been decided for a long time. So the decisions aren't lightly. Just like Sydney and Phoebe's rigging to change their whole lives was not a decision made lightly. So that, that, that was kind of like how my thoughts kind of progressed from this part of the reading. Thank you for sharing that, Renee. And I think that's a great place to kind of bring our conversation to a close and put another bonus ode in the bag. And listeners out there, if you'd like to join your queer voices with our voices, which we are adding to the voices of the restoration, feel free to send them in to our Gmail account, which is lovespokenqueer at gmail.com. Or you can send us a direct message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And I guess with that, last thing we have to do is listeners, thank you for listening. And remember to always be true to you. And love one another. Until next time. Bye. You've just listened to another episode of Love is Spoken Queer. If you want to join in on the conversation, feel free to send us an email at our Gmail account, which is lovespokenqueer at gmail.com, or send us a direct message on our social channels. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you really love our episodes and our show, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That is the fastest way for us to share our words with everyone out there. So again, thank you for listening.